Hi, everybody, and welcome to Sean and Dave Make Music. This month, we've got our fantastic guest, Tara Toms. Welcome, Tara. Hi. <laughs> she feels real awkward, so I'm going to make it worse by yeah. clapping at her. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining us. We just uh, made some weird, cool music. We also just um, listened to some new weird year stuff that I've never heard before, so that's awesome. And nobody's heard before. Nobody's heard before, <laughs> um, which you'll get to hear this episode. So first off, I wanted to just let you introduce yourself a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about sort of your, um, what you do currently, your, your current projects or your current music making outlets? Oh, where to begin? There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot. You strike me as a person who wants to do everything. I want, that is a great way to put it. <laughs> I want to do everything. Yes. I can relate. Um, so uh, my name is Tara and I am currently working on a variety of both composed music, like full band kind of uh, recordings and, and collaborations, as well as this other world of experimentation and improvisation and, and soundscaping that has been fascinating to me. Uh, and I'm also just at the very beginning of understanding and really going where I could be going with it. So mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of um, things with loop pedals and with uh, different samplers and trying to kind of create my own versions of, of like a chopped up voice uh, feedback mess. Cut this whole part. <laughs> Cut that whole thing. <laughs> I, no, don't know what I, makes... I don't know what I'm trying to create. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, that's sort of what we have to figure out. <laughs> right, right. Right? And You're it's, exploring it's, the sandbox. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. I think if you're doing music the right way and, like, really trying to express yourself, it's so hard to figure that out. It's so hard. Right? Like, yeah. you can, sure, you can be a musician and fit into a box and you can say, I am a classical flute player. I play <laughs> at weddings and I play at recitals and that's it. Yeah. Or yeah. you can really explore everything and there's a lot to explore. Yeah. So how did you how did you get your start? What was the first, I mean I imagine you started with your main instrument which is your voice. Yeah, I love to sing and I mean I I have so many stories from my childhood of my parents being like, well, you know, this is the kid we have who sings all the time, so just tolerate that. Um, I was obsessed, right, with just making sound with my mouth, any sound. Um, as far as you can, or as far back as you can remember, it it just was pleasing to you and you yeah, enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, maybe me and only yeah. me, but yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've just... Uh, you know, I was really fortunate to grow up with a, a lot of freedom and a lot of like creative license to do whatever I wanted as a kid. So um, I've always thought of myself as a person who just was interested in the way the world sounded. <laughs> you know, I've like been just I'm aware that I hear all the time. I'm like, I can hear things, mm -hmm. you know. So I think maybe part of the reason I love to sing is because I just like to add to that and 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 fit my own voice into like the scape around me at all times interesting that's a uh, very interesting motivation yeah, yeah right definitely. and and i think uh and the same with harmonizing because i love to harmonize and i would harmonize with cars i would harmonize with the radiator i would harmonize with the tv you know it was just this really kind of i'm, I'm talking like early early age stuff mm -hmm. like i just was obsessed with hearing my own voice reflected back at me and, and joining the world around me so as i as i got older i um, I wanted to play music. I learned, you know, some chords on the guitar and, and I was really also, again, fortunate to get plugged in when I was like 14 with musicians who encouraged me and let me play my three chord songs at open mm -hmm. mic nights and, and clapped and, and said, those are good songs. And I'm like, I know they're not good songs. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> you know? but so you I, were mostly like solo acoustic yeah. at this point. You weren't playing out with anybody or anything. Well, yet. yeah. I mean, I was just learning how to, uh, perform and how to, how to make Make something See, presentable. Me too, I guess. but when <laughs> I did that, I did that like in a shitty punk band with my other fourteen-year-old right. friends because I didn't want to be there up by myself doing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I, I think I, for a lot of my like performance career, I've I've really enjoyed being solo and having the freedom to like do whatever I want on stage or you know not not have to. Uh, Answer to anybody. Answer to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I, so. And how did you, I, I don't know, I, that seems like one of the hardest things to, for, to me is to be able to get up on stage by yourself and 
you know, say, okay, whatever I'm doing up here has value. You're going right. to listen to it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think part of that is just like being a little off and like not really being scared of that. Like I, it not occurring to me. <laughs> and so I think especially like as a teenager, when I started playing open mic nights and, you know, uh, I maybe was overly confident or overly like, yeah, like I'm just doing this thing. Like, why would anyone not like it? You yeah. know? And then, <laughs> totally. uh, and, and yeah, I, I can't even say enough about how, how much it really influenced and shaped me to be surrounded by, uh, musicians who were way more experienced and way more kind of like solid in themselves as far as their sound and, and what they knew to have them come and, and encourage me and support me and like show up and stuff for me. So that really affected me a lot. And where did all this happen? This sounds like a magical, uh, this was all time in place. central PA, central you know, PA? it was okay. this, like <laughs> cool. this old school, like crowd of people that had this magical thing for a few years and I plugged into it at the right moment and, and it really shaped my entire life. Yeah. It really, really shaped my life. So, yeah, but, but I wanted to, so I want to kind of go back and say this stuff. So, um, so when I started making music, uh, I was really into like being a songwriter, right? Being like putting chords down on the guitar, singing lyrics over them, having a, a, this poetic moment, having this expression and all my feelings. Right. And, and, uh, all in a nice, neat little, right. Package. And here's the song. And so it was very performative. And, and I thought a lot about, and really like worked on myself as a performer for a long time. Um, and I think, and I still love that aspect of it, but I feel like what I'm doing now and kind of where my interest and my creative kind of energy has, has now siloed into is this like, it's not really about the performance that may exist at any point or not exist at any point. It's more about like the process. So now I'm kind of going back and like relearning how to, uh, process things in a way that's just pleasurable to me, regardless of if ever, if anyone ever hears it or not. Interesting. So. Uh, create like process in terms of the creating or in terms of the the whole thing, the like in every way possible. So a lot of it is um, right now. I'm working on palindromes. I'm really obsessed with palindromes. I have been for a long time, but um, I'm starting to try to write in palindromes and and also in other sort of like formulas and and like creative algorithms where I can set up something ahead of time and then receive random input. So like for instance, I'll have like a whole map of like okay, um, I'll, I'll, I'll do the fourth note from the third note that this person says, and they have to give me that note, and then whatever they say, then I'll do this, and, <laughs> and like kind of build this whole structure and then have someone else feed their idea into it to start and let it kind of like domino out from there, and mm -hmm. then that's the composition. Sure. And so it's like it's really fun for me to kind of work within those types of almost like unexpected and... Uh, unpredictable, in uncontrollable mm -hmm. types of, of experiences. You know? yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's always like more fun when it works. Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, sure. I, I mean not, not, not more fun than when it works than when it doesn't. Of course, it's more fun than it works and what doesn't. But when it, when you come up with a process like that, you, you would often come up with something that uh, a final result that you never would have thought of. Mm -hmm. But if mm -hmm. that, if that's a really solid composition, mm -hmm. then, oh man, that's satisfying. Well, and that's, yeah, I mean, that's what we're always kind of looking for, right? Like, there's this magic moment. Anyone who plays music knows this. It's like, you experience it one time, that magic moment, like that I shimmering, it, I glistening, like, <laughs> Because, like, when, I, when I'm just, like, I, I, I'm either playing something or even just listening to something, and I just, I just get a big stupid grin on my face, right? and I can't. <laughs> Yeah, 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 same. And then the rest of your life, you're just trying to get that back. Like you're just always seeking that. And and so yeah, my 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 journey right now is about just trying to seek that as much as possible and find it in new ways. First up today, we have an improvisation based around some palindromic lyrics that Tara brought to the session. You'll hear me on flute, Dave on bass, and Tara singing through her effects rig, manipulating and looping her voice and also the sounds of the flute that bled into her microphone. Ah, ah, ah. 
Improvisation society or something, <laughs> aren't you? Somewhere? I guess or that's the way to say it. Sure. Something. The, the, you invited me to play at an event and I wasn't able to do it, but it sounded really cool. Can you talk a little bit about that? Um, so yes. Event? I'm sorry, I yes. don't remember what it was called. Um, so this this is uh, great because this is like a very open ended way for me to talk about all the things that I love to talk about. Good. Um, <laughs> So uh, what you're referring to is an event in Boston called X-Fest. I got involved with it three years ago and was just at that time absolutely transformed by the the, uh, deep resonating, the deeply resonant process of improvisation. Let me say that. The deeply Mm -hmm. resonant process of improvisation. Is that sort of when you got hooked on improv and when you started was only three years ago? It was. So I had done it 
informally and like you know jam which mm-hmm. side note like as a woman it is hard to jam sometimes it's like something that <laughs> men i think don't always recognize is that like if you're jamming with women like you know i don't want to speak for my whole gender but but um i found it hard to improvise before i found this particular world of improvisation in boston because i felt like there wasn't space for me to do that in a lot of the in the even with very supportive friends there's still just this kind of like uh the the silent space is just as important as the sound space right mm-hmm. and and i really wanted to like sit in silence and 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 slow slow my roll right and so um i'd kind of like written it off as like well i don't really jam i'm not really a jamming type person you know i'm not a jam guy like i write songs <laughs> Um, you know, you guys have fun. I'll just sit here with my little, you know, write notepad and take notes. And then I somehow got invited to X-Fest and um, went kind of on a whim and just found this unbelievably accepting and uh, really like sensitive and intuitive group of improvisers that do this incredible event where they bring in a hundred musicians and for three days they just go nuts. And it's like set after set after set um, of just kind of on-the-spot improvisations, and um, man, I mean, it, it really affected, it profoundly affected me, and so I said I wanted to get involved, um, and it, it broke open this thing that I had been holding about me, myself as, like, I'm not a jammer, right, or I'm not, like, skilled enough to really contribute anything, um, to where, like, I could contribute silence, or I can contribute noise, like, mm-hmm. right, because, like, mm-hmm. m- just my presence in the space was was what it, the was the... Uh, creative expression and I was like totally free to just do whatever I wanted in that moment and so uh, I started volunteering and have just gotten to know a lot of the people up in Boston um, through that who are interested in similar things and it's been really cool the thing that I invited you to though (laughs) (laughs) was um, an installation that I did also in Boston uh, in Faneuil Hall and this that was in May of this year um, with a cohort of MIT's design school called Spaces, who are doing absolutely incredible things in Boston right now with providing space for artists, visual and sound, and all kinds of different creators um, in a city where space is definitely in short supply. <laughs> um, and so they let me just kind of come up and install an interactive exhibit for a weekend um, in a really, really high foot traffic area. And it was so fun. I put all these different instruments like electronic and analog devices and mixing stations and recording stations and video projections that were um, totally set up and orchestrated. I can't take any credit for the video side of it. Mm-hmm. It was all uh, my friend Chris Kanopka, um, who is just a really, really fantastic artist in his own right. Um, but he set up a, a great video, like interactive feedback kind of uh station and we opened our doors and hundreds of people from like little kids cub scouts grandmas uh other musicians that were our friends they all just like kind of convened and made noise for 72 hours (laughs) um and i was mixing it and and recording things and just going nuts i was like probably running around and drinking so much coffee but it was a really really incredible experience um and i think that that again has been another thing that uh has broken open for me the possibilities when you engage and interact with and kind of blur the line between performer and and receiver audience whatever where you're really actually saying the creative experience of this moment is TBD. Let's just get in the same place Mm -hmm. and whatever happens like that is going to, it's going to feel good and it's going to resonate because it's authentic and it's, it's just coming through us. And, and when a performer and artist can hold that, they, I think that they can vibrate that outward and they can actually affect a space. And I think that was my role within the installation was I wasn't making a lot of the the sounds on my own. I was really letting everybody else be the musician. Mm -hmm. I was just vibrating that, like that uh, kind of, the right feel in the room totally. to get people to open up. Yeah, so. that that moment that you had that you're chasing. Yeah, you can provide that for other people, and that's probably almost as. <laughs> yeah, I mean, satisfying. for me, that was that was absolutely the performance. That yeah. was my performance of the weekend. Was that was holding that space for other awesome. people. That's cool. When you when you get the hit over the head with the fact that like I can make any kind of sound I want. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. Like, you probably saw a lot of looks on kids' faces where they were just like, 
reserved at first and then oh my god no 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 just (laughs) play around the best thing was like you so in the center of the room there's just a mic there's just a mic right and you don't know walking up to it what's going to happen when you speak into it what's going to happen is that your voice is going to start coming out at you from around the room from different angles and maybe there's going to at some point be a delay you know depending on what i'm feeling in that moment Mm -hmm. because i'm like live mixing the whole room so um so it was really funny to hear what people would say when they would first walk to the mm-hmm. mic, and it was always their name, or it was saying something about what they were doing. Like, I'm talking, right? Like, they, it was like, Sue, I'm talking. <laughs> Every single time. They just say their name and that what they tells were doing. Us something about the human condition, right? <laughs> I'm standing in the room. I'm in the room. Like, it just, every single time. It was wild. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know that um, there, there's the piece I'm sitting in a room um, helping Mm-mm. Lucia? No, I don't think so. Uh, it just makes me think of that so much. He he did a piece where um, he sat in a room and he recorded his voice reading a script and then uh, he played it back out of the speakers in the room and picked that up with the microphone and recorded that. Mm-hmm. So it became a copy of a copy of a copy until his voice is completely erased and all mm-hmm. you hear is just the hum of the room. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that just makes the same thing of just like... What, what do you say in front of a microphone? I'm sitting in a room. Like, right, yeah. I'm in this room. That's really cool. <laughs> Next, we have another piece the three of us improvised together. I play percussion on this one. Dave is once again on bass, and Tara's singing and processing through her pedal setup. Thank you. 
Is there like a dream project that you have envisioned in your mind that you haven't been able to realize yet or oh my god <laughs> can you give me a minute to think yeah of course dream there's probably project. like a hundred <laughs> dream project <laughs> or already you're already fulfilling your dreams and you're allowing yourself the freedom to create the projects that you want to be creating That's oh i have okay not answer. even begun to fulfill my own <laughs> dreams i am like like i said just scratching the surface of what i want to do because i want to do everything Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I always have, it's like, what, what weird thing can I do today? Like what thing can I mess with? And, uh, I'm a, I'm a fiddler and a, 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 a what's the word for like just twiddling with things a little yeah. time. Twiddling, um, fiddling. yeah, busy body. <laughs> uh, well, so, I have another sort of related question then. Sure. Um, since you do so many different things and, you know, uh, styles and I, they're fairly, different obviously mm-hmm. how do you find the audience response as far as one compared to the other has it been easier to find an audience for one rather than the other um have you found those audience is equally receptive to your music or what well okay so i tend to try not to think about the audience because i think i tend to be a person who thinks about the audience too much so maybe i'm overcompensating for my undercompensation or vice versa. (laughs) Um, But so obviously if you play in a band and your songs sound nice, you can pretty much play a show and people will say that sounded nice. Um, (laughs) And that's been my experience in in many settings with just, you know, whether I'm playing my own music or backing someone else up where there's, there's a, at least a local scene for pretty much any band that wants to go out and, work and play music at bars or coffee shops or whatever. Um, And there's, yeah, so I've found an audience for that. And I'd like to think that there are some people who really uh, love the things I do and follow them, but I could probably count them. I mean, most of them probably also are on the records (laughs) (laughs) or hearing them before they come out. (laughs) Right. So I just try not to really think about like who's going to hear this or how well received will this be? Because I think the most important thing is that I have received it well. And also that I uh, found pleasure in doing it, right? Like my life is about me seeking and finding the things that fulfill my own experience. And so then after that, if I make a recording and I release it and one person says like, that was all right, that was okay, then like, great, that's (laughs) wonderful. Um, Is there there necessarily a audience for weird noisy at home recordings of myself hitting things and yelling Mm, if you guys know of one you should let me know (laughs) i'd love to share some things with them well i think the what you know what you're doing with the exhibit in that in that you were talking about before is the way to find that audience you have to let them participate because it's a type of music that is as fun or more fun to play than it is to listen to in a lot of cases. It's absolutely more fun to play than it is to listen to. <laughs> At least in my case, I would, you know, yeah. I don't play it that well. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think there, are, there are, I'm sure there are improvisers who I would listen to and say, oh, this is great. I'm glad I'm not up there doing it, but sure. I don't know. Maybe well, then you, then you get into the whole, like, I mean, there's this, this uh, kind of upper echelon of improvisers where it's like, you go see them because you're just like, whoa, yeah, you could shred, you know, um, <laughs> I don't really consider myself in in those ranks, but I enjoy doing it, and that's what actually matters. <laughs> so. Totally. Um, and I think that the what you were saying before about uh, you know you can find an audience for your easy listening, not easy listening, <laughs> but you know music that sounds nice, mm-hmm. as you put it. Um, and I think Weird Year is uh, an interesting mix of you trying to do both a little bit. And it's not like, you know, noisy improvisation sounds, sure. but it's certainly not standard. I'm strumming my acoustic guitar. Here are some nice, easy sounds to listen to. Your uh, Weird Year is not your standard rock band that is going to be palatable to everybody. Not necessarily, no. But I think you've got a lot of interesting elements in there for the people who are bored to death by a standard rock band. Yeah. So the thing about the Weird Year songs is, um, t- 
typically what ends up becoming a song that I play with Weird Ear is a song that I wrote all of the lyrics and melody first. Um, and that's kind of a, uh, maybe a trick that I use to keep from getting to in the like verse, chorus, verse, chorus mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. is that the first thing I do is sing through a whole song and a whole set of lyrics without really thinking about any sort of chord structure around them. Uh, and then take that, record it, and then start to just like listen and reflect on that and hear chords and start dropping chords in where I would be like, okay, well here there should really be like a, you know, this, like there's a song dark where like there's kind of this big like moment where it goes to an A and you're like, "Ah," you know, and and, (laughs) like that, I like heard that. I was like, yeah, okay, so that's that's what's going to be there. So then like what's going to lead up to it, what's going to follow mm-hmm. it. And it's, so it's almost just like a very sporadic type of composition, like very piecemeal. But the final result is something that if, if we've done it correctly, it flows and it's nice. It kind of, you know, it has like a, a completed sound, but it's, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't have such a, a definite structure, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. And that makes sense now that I think about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> knowing that that's your process. I want it to be a little stream of consciousness, you yeah. know, like I, I think the way that I think is very much just like in long rambling streams. It's the way I talk too, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so I well, want to make music like that. it's literally perfect for a podcast. <laughs> the fewer questions we need to ask to make you talk about interesting things, the Man, better. Man, I'll talk on a note to other podcasters. I'm available. <laughs> Um, but but you're talking about sort of you know that that flow uh, molasses uh-huh. which you played for us today is that to the nth degree yeah, yeah. that's so that <laughs> right that's yeah so that. it's, it's, and yeah it's a it, that's a, that's a strange song to listen back to because again it's really fun to play and then when I listen to it I'm like okay well I could see how somebody might like this <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah and uh, hopefully Dave and I have added something to it listeners we're recording this before. We've done anything to it. Hopefully, you've heard a, a fully fleshed out version that has something really cool in there. But yeah, I'm excited to hear it. We haven't heard it yet. The worst case scenario, it will be filled with lush reverb. <laughs> More verb. Now we're going to take a listen to that track we just mentioned, Molasses. Tara recorded the vocals and guitar together in one take for this one, and then I added bass and drums later. This was a fairly difficult task due to Tara's beautifully expressive use of rubato throughout most of this song. There's no click track to follow orally, so I listened to the song a whole bunch in my free time to kind of get a sense of it, and when I recorded along, I watched the waveform to line up the hits as precisely as I could. Full disclosure though, I did do a fair amount of nudging in the mixing process to get it to sound a little tighter, but I'm so excited about what we captured here. I knew Tara was going to roll into town with some incredible things for us, and I'm really glad this was one of the things she happened to pull out of her back pocket and show us. Set 
that leash I found wrapped around it. So many little lies, so many little lies could jolt their way to the back of my brain. Till they looked out my eyes, they looked out my eyes, and I just couldn't believe it was me in disguise. The whole time, the whole time, the whole time. Till the circle is endless. Tired. One thought to another, one thought to another. Till the cycle and spiraling forward back fired. One thought to another, one thought to another. Slow it down. Oh. No reason to be somebody else. I'm the only self. I'm the only self. I'm the only self I have. I'm the only self. I'm the only self. I'm the only self I have. I'm the only Just in case I go first Make me my senses Complex biscuits Bitter, dark, mysterious Okay, so first is a weird year question, because um, you talked today about how you like harmonies a lot. Love it. Um, the vocals, at least on the, because what was it? You had a live album and then an album, like recorded album. Um, with those two, was it Hannah that was singing backup vocals, or was that you singing with yourself? Uh, Hannah. Hannah Grosh, oh, yeah. Um, that was Hannah singing on Wish and okay. Lean, yeah. Um, How long have you guys been singing together? Because you really are like a glove, the two of you. Right? Just beautiful fit right together, yeah. Note to Hannah, you want to sing with me sometime? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Hannah sang on uh, Wish and Lean. It probably took us about a year of preparations to get those harmonies like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we practiced a lot. And uh, right now we're not singing together, but um, on the album let the world end already which has not been released yet but which i think you will have a track um today to mm-hmm. to listen to um the, han is on that as well as well as a few other singers um that were good friends of mine are good friends of mine um so yeah i mean it it's a lot it takes a lot of practice to imagine yeah <laughs> to get a group of singers like really in that zone but uh again it's that like that magical shimmering glistening moment right when it works and you're like ah and everybody else is singing their note and you're like yes it's just like it's so worth it like, it's just all of the time and and frustration and like 
oh my god moments just they're gone they're like totally worth it so awesome I've never had that moment vocally. Oh, <laughs> Not an so instrumentally funny time, but never vocally. Well, the amazing thing when you're singing with someone, especially if you're very close to them, and you, uh, so like one of the exercises we would do as as a group of vocalists, right, is like slide up and down together. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of just like figuring out how to like land at intervals and and mm-hmm. naturally like, <laughs> and there's this like kind of. Uh, frequency thing like resonating thing that happens when two people who are right next to each other are singing like a close harmony and they're really on it where like it vi- it at least for me like it vibrates my head and ears mm-hmm. and it just like uh I, I i can feel it like in my skin i don't know if that feels mm-hmm. weird or not but I, it comes out my skin like i feel like it's like shimmering my whole body that makes sense tickling I mean, like yeah, tickling my body you know yeah. it's amazing that's cool let's say uh, yeah the like the yeah well, it's not beating, I guess. Unless beating is like that term for when it's really, really close. When you start to feel the, but yeah. Well, like, there's also something called a called a difference tone that yeah. that affects um, flute. Like I know it because when I play the flute and sing at the same time, the the sound is being produced in two places that are very close to each other, and those two pitches create a third pitch out of the sound mm-hmm. wave. Sure. And that interacts in a totally different way than the other notes that you're singing. So there's all kinds of stuff. Uh, yeah. vibrating around <laughs> so fascinating <laughs> yeah that's uh, when i was you were mentioning before about little kid mm-hmm. activities when i was a little kid i used to always take the uh the hamper because it was like a solid cylinder and put it over my head and hum until i found the sympathetic vibration like the frequencies that would make the whole <laughs> thing come alive <laughs> then you start singing the different uh harmonic series above it and try to find yeah. what makes it vibrate and what doesn't yeah so much fun. Yeah, I feel like we're just trying to get back to having as much fun as we did with sound yeah. as when we were kids. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's important. I mean, that's actually a really like valid like thing. It's like right? yeah. part of part of being a creator, part of self-identifying as a creator and, and allowing the world around you to, to let you exist as a creator within it is about pulling childhood and pull, pulling like uh, just sheer joy and expression and, and uh, authentic kind of uh, what's the word? The play. The real like meaning play. of the play. Right, exactly. right. Play, yeah. yeah. Play and, and, and engagement. I guess mm-hmm. it's like about, for me, it's like engagement. Like, am I just walking through the world or am I like engaging the world? Am I hearing it and seeing it and smelling it and tasting it and singing with it? You know? Yeah, totally. Next up, we've got a sneak peek at the new Weird Year album. This is Luna Moth from their upcoming release, Let the World End Already. Thank you. 
just hope the Ludomar didn't die when I touched her. Last question I think I have on my list is, do you have uh, a favorite artist or an artist right now who you, you know, are particularly into at the moment that you would recommend to us or our listeners? Mm. Well, here's the thing about me. You know, I could probably listen to the same couple of albums for the rest of my life. I'm like a, a diehard on some, you know, and I just keep going back, keep going back. Well, what are those? Um, my, my, my next question was, was going to be, what were you listening to 10 years ago and what were you listening to 20 years ago? Because both of those things would be interesting to me, but maybe it's the same thing. Maybe. I mean, 20 years ago, I was nine. So <laughs> I was listening to whatever was on Nickelodeon. Okay. Um, <laughs> And also Tracy Chapman <laughs> and you too, because those were the cassette tapes that I had. Um, yeah, so I mean, I love Paul Simon. I listen to Paul Simon all the time. Um, and really, uh, I, I can't even believe that that man could have written so many songs that were both specific, like lyrically specific enough to feel like they were written for me. And also lyrically, like universal enough to feel like they were written for everyone. <laughs> yeah. uh, and and the same with like the the instrumentation and the um, the playing and and the, just ever the way that he just has so much diversity in his uh, in what he's done in his catalog over the years, just incredible. Um, and then let's see, I like Smog. I always, I'm like into Bill Callahan, you know, just got driving down the road. Not familiar. I was going to say, Bill you're going to have to teach us, please. What, I'm, so. sure, I'm sure Justin has a lot of things to say about Bill Callahan, too. He's great. Um, is that uh, like more singer-songwriter yeah, style? Like yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to check it out. I don't like I don't like recommended music. That's I fine. Like, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's more, it's more yeah. interesting because I just like... I, I like to hear people's influences, and sure, if you're going to have something that you think I'll like, I'll take the recommendation, but it's more interesting to just hear, like, where somebody's coming from, and, and where, like, what was the first thing that really you got passionate about that sort of sparked your interest, so it seems like maybe Tracy Chapman or <laughs> Paul yeah. Simon is the answer, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. But you're, you're, so, you're such a different musician than the the things that I'm familiar with of them, at least. That's I've never dug deep into Paul Simon. Well, I guess Tracy Chapman, catalog. you could say, I mean different timbre totally but like exposed voice with lingering guitar parts that certainly would work for sure Tracy yeah, yeah. Chapman. that's true yeah all right cool <laughs> i don't want to i don't like i don't like the the talking about uh that's fine music that i would do it just i i don't know like, do you mean to cut that part out yeah i listen yes i listen to so many <laughs> things and i'm uh i don't know i don't feel like i don't know if i'm like influ i'm sure i'm influenced by them but but you're more influenced by the world around you than anything else, it seems. Maybe right now. Maybe, I mean, there's a lot of, and my friends. Honestly, if you want to know, like, what music I listen to and enjoy, it's just all of my friends. Uh, I love listening to band camps, you know, mm -hmm. um, and, and recordings that people send me and voice memos. Like, I just, yeah. There's something special about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Um, I've got one more question. I was wondering, because when I was digging through your stuff, the something that stuck out to me was like around, I think it was around 2016, there were a few albums of, that you were doing, like or like little tracks, um, independent ones. Um, I wrote down That Flavor Is, and oh, yeah. then Sam and Tara Go For A Drive. Um, Those are fun. Yeah, yeah, like really, and, and very like left field compared mm -hmm. to like this genre of a lot of what was also up there. Uh, I was curious because that was from a few years back, so that would have been when you were getting interested in improv. Mm -hmm. Were those things like recorded in one sitting, or was mm -hmm. that like okay? So yeah. that was yeah, yeah. Both of those actually were some like very early kind of algorithm experiments, right? Where I would like write down, okay, here's how we're gonna do this. Like Sam, you're gonna tell me a number, and I'm gonna correspond that with a plugin, and then I'm gonna like try to match up something like I'm going to count how many pieces of uh gear are on that shelf and whatever that number is so it's just I, I can't remember yeah. exactly what the formula was but it was like very much okay we're going to set a structure and then feed into it and whatever the outcome is it is one of those at least is like that the other one I think is mostly sound samples from a 
Uh, oh, it said a voice memo thing. Yeah, but, yeah, it was like a lot of voice memos with some effects on it. But so I was curious with those, like, just because, um, yeah, I love tinkering with that similar sound world. But mm -hmm. oftentimes, what I end up doing, uh, I don't know if it's just because I don't, uh, probably because I don't have the same pedal array that you have. Like, I'm not. I need to get better with being able to produce things live. Most of the time, mm -hmm. I end up like cutting and pasting and doing everything like a collage that I assemble piece mm -hmm. by piece. Mm -hmm. um, but is that um, is that something that you press, since you can do it in stream of consciousness, you can do that in one sitting, do you do that like regularly or is that like a special occasion? Like I'm, I'm just curious sure. your process. Is there a so, graveyard of like 25 others that you just yes. didn't like enough but like you've kind still of. been doing it or, yeah. If you were to look on my MacBook at just the, you want to talk about a graveyard, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So basically how my days go is every single day I get up and I do everything I need to do. And then I just like sit down at my desk and make noise. So awesome. sometimes I record it and I'm like, oh, this is so amazing. And then the next day I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> and then, you know, other times I'm, I'm just really like practicing what I'm doing or trying to incorporate like new um, techniques, because especially with like a lot of the the pedal or you know the different electronics, like there's so many different ways you can use them. Um, so yeah, I, it I def I definitely have uh, kind of a just like a rolling, always trying to make something right. Like I just it's like I'm always making something. Most of it I never share, but I'm okay with that because like I said earlier, like it's not really for me about. Yeah. being a musician that like releases a bunch of things. Like it's about me being a person who experiences sound and celebrates and interacts with it. And yeah, every now and then it lands on Bandcamp. <laughs> cool. When yeah. you find the magic. Yeah. yeah. There's also a recording um, that I don't know, you may want to play an ex excerpt of it if you want something like more recent. Um, I, I have a project right now called dark soft, which is uh, a lot. It's spoken word with some, kind of more ambient overlays and and soundscapes that spans longer periods of time um and then when i perform it live i do like a, a movement piece with it so i'll have most everything uh triggered to like pre-record or i'll have or to triggered to play um that's been pre-recorded or i have a friend uh sean who often uh will kind of provide accompaniment and has this organelle that sounds incredible with all our little patches on it it's really fun but uh so it's it's this spoken word kind of elongated uh very repetitive surreal kind of composition and mm -hmm. then uh physical movement over top of it so the piece that's online right now is called web um and it's been performed three times all three times um i used hundreds of feet of rope to suspend myself or otherwise kind of wrap myself in a web that I constructed around the whole audience and the whole um, space that I was in and uh, then kind of allowed this really flowing and, and like I said, surreal uh, sound experience to take place. And Awesome. Yeah. Interesting. Do you have photos of that? Yeah, yeah. Like that look? Sure, yeah. yeah that's interesting. Just be curious. That's Sounds yeah, awesome. <laughs> I mean, adding a visual element too is is something I've been getting into. How can I create sort of a something to something where I can both be making sound, but also moving within space, um, more encompassing. Yeah, experience. and always, always like so I love to do things that engage, right? Engage the audience, and so it's so important. Yeah. yeah, very cool. So why not just wrap a, a rope around them? <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming. I think that about wraps it up. Um, do you have, uh, do you want to do a little plug section with your band camp or links or website or anything like that? We can post links and stuff too, but if you want to say like, you can find me on this. <laughs> Spotify, weird year. You I mean you just post all your links? Too many links to. You don't, you don't even need to really post the links, honestly. Just I would well, say. Well, I think it would be odd if we didn't. <laughs> we, we do it for everybody. We, you know. It would. It would. Yeah. If, if, if we have listeners who want to hear more of your music, we don't want to let them hanging. Sure. If you want to hear more of my music, uh, you're more than welcome to check us out on uh, Spotify. Weird year. Um, there's links that'll be posted. I'm assuming, and uh, yeah, get in touch. I'm. 
would love to to hear feedback and love to kind of know where I could go next to do this weird stuff. So if you got a cool pocket and a space, let me know. To wrap up this episode, we have a little ditty that Tara wrote during our session titled Sorry I'm Always Late. She played guitar and sang live together, and then I added a little percussion, most of which was done on my body. Sorry I'm always late I've been trying to change One thing or another Always gets in the way I wanna do better Said the frequent forgetter but one thing or another always gets in the way. Sorry I'm always late. I'm trying to change one thing or another. Thank you so much for listening to Sean and Dave Make Music. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, or if you'd like to submit an idea or a prompt for us to improvise off of, head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Sean and Dave Make Music. You can also send us an email if you want, Sean and Dave Make Music at gmail.com. For more information on Tara and her various projects, check out her links in the episode notes. We'll be back next month with another fantastic guest and some fresh new music. See you then.